Hello, this is Vaughan Benison. For this week's episode of New Horizons, we go back to February 2018. It's up to you and me To shine a guiding light and lead the way United by our cause We have the power to pursue what we believe We'll achieve the realization of our dreams Hello, Vaughan Benison back with you again for this episode of New Horizons. This is episode number 540, released on Monday, the 5th of February 2018. A short time ago, on the 26th of January, the Australian government published the Australia Day Honours List. This list recognises people who've gone above and beyond in service to the community and service to Australia generally. I have to say that this presents an amazing opportunity for me because I don't often get to bring to the program somebody who has had such a profound effect on my life. Gillian Gale was my visiting teacher in 1987, not long after I'd come to Australia, and a time in my life that was particularly difficult. I suspect without Gillian, this year would have been much more difficult for me. We're going to hear from Gillian now in this first of a two-part series on her life and career. Gillian Gale, welcome to the program. Thank you. How did you get started in uh, the education of blind and vision impaired children? Well, um, I had, I'm had i a trained teacher. I trained in England years ago and I had a job in England just for a year. And then I got married and had five children and so I didn't work. And then I was separated and desperate for a job. And I applied for every job I could in Melbourne and I couldn't get one. So I finally went to a teacher's agency. I was 39 by this time. I went to a teacher's agency and a lovely lady took my particulars and she held up her piece of paper when she'd finished and she said, well, she said, I always like to start with the positives. And then there was a silence and she said, she said, you've got maturity on your side. And she said, don't worry, I'll find you a job. Anyway, she sent me to a lot of interviews um, and none of the schools wanted to me until one day she rang me and said, there's a job at the blind school. And I thought, right, I'm going to get this one because my ex-husband um, is an ophthalmologist and I had corrected most of his papers he'd written so I knew a little bit about it and I went out to the blind school and dropped words like strabismus and glaucoma and other things and they thought I knew things and gave me the job. It was a, a job teaching the prep class in the blind school. And where did you move on to from there? Um, well, I, I, the move went from being a class teacher to a visiting teacher because we had a very we had a new principal who was very keen to get some of the students integrated because at that stage there were no young totally blind children integrated and I had this very bright child in my class and he came in one day and he, he was always came in to say hello to the children and he said and how are you and I said not pleased because that pointing to this particular child is a child who should not be in this school 
She's very bright, but she can only write the letters A to J, and she's not interested in anything. So he looked at me and said, okay, Gillian, if that's what you think, I'm going to ring the local, her local primary school now, and at morning tea, you can ring her mother. We're going to integrate her. Anyway, he rang the school. They were very pleased with the idea, and at morning tea, I rang the mother, who was shocked because she thought that this child would never be out of the blind school. And she said to me, is she being expelled? And I said no and had to explain what we thought integration was. But within three and a half weeks, she was back in her own um, town and at the local primary school. And that was the beginning of the integration of young totally blind children in Victoria. And I became a visiting teacher then. For those people who aren't aware, what exactly is a visiting teacher and uh, what does that role entail? Well, um, it's changed a lot. Then it was I used to visit this small place once once a week and the people at Burwood, where I was working from, um, prepared most of the Braille and I would spend a day in the classroom making it as braille and blind friendly as I could, talking to staff about what this child could do and making a lot of mistakes because it was very new to me. I mean, for instance, I said to them, she has to be included in everything. Now, that's um, they took me very literally and I arrived up there one day and she was throwing a bit of a wobbly saying, I haven't been selected for the basketball team. Ah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I made a lot of mistakes, right, those sort of things, because, I, I mean, it was very new for me. I really enjoyed it, and I, I felt it was the way that education for blind children should be going. Um, but there wasn't much literature on it, and so it was finding out by doing and I did make, you know, mistakes like that quite often. It's an interesting discussion, this whole education of, uh, of blind children in regular schools compared with uh, institutional school, schools. Uh, and, and I come from both sides of the fence because uh, uh, I went to a blind school for the first six years of my education. And then when I came to Australia, I went to a regular school. I found it a huge change um, from one to the other and I, I can't really say which one I think is best but certainly they, they both have their, their good points but do you think it's fair to say that for some people um, that change is more significant than others? I would think almost certainly because I think having had five children of my own who are all entirely different um, what suits one child doesn't suit another but of course nowadays we don't as certainly in Victoria we don't have the opportunity for children to be in blind school. So, well, we have one um, very small blind school, but basically um, children are integrated from the start. Mm. Mm. And, and, of course, across Australia, it uh, works in a very different way. Some schools have, uh, or some states have, uh, a policy where they have units which specialise in the, uh, the teaching of children with disabilities. And in some areas, they're just um, people, children with disabilities in the schools um, taught by regular teachers who have contact with uh, visiting teachers from time to time. And it must make um, education of blind children in this country really difficult when it's so different across the country? 
I think it does, and I think it's a bit the luck of the draw as to where the where the child lives, first of all, and secondly, what schools and what provision those schools make that are close by. Yeah, it's the luck of the draw, I think. Mm. Um, it also depends on your visiting teacher, and certainly, I mean, I know a lot of visiting teachers still, but their job is a very different one to the one I used to do. Um, they don't get as much time with the children often. Um, however, they because so much of their material is produced on computer now, it's much more readily available. I mean, when I was in Darwin, for instance, we used to have to know the time of the last plane that went across to Gove because we had a student in Gove and we had to get the material prepared and driven out to the airport to make sure she got it the next day. Now, that doesn't happen now because it's all on computer. Yes, and I suppose the production of Braille too is something that can be much more readily done on a local basis than uh, than in those days where it had to be done at specialised um, organisations. It had to be done centrally mm. then, yes. And so, that I mean, computers have made such a difference and I am not... Um, computer savvy with what's for blind children nowadays. Let's uh, let's move on from there. We, you uh, worked at the uh, RVIB for what about 10, 12 years? Uh, I was there from seventy five until I went to the Northern Territory in eighty eight, and I had a year off. They gave me a year to do a qualification at the Bird State College. And uh, when you finished with the RVIB, you moved to the Northern Territory. That must have been a huge change. It was. Um, and it was a huge change because I was entirely on my own and I didn't know people, but I have to say the Northern Territory is one of the friend most friendly places on earth. Mm. It's a lovely place to work. People made me very welcome. Um, and I, I was certainly thought it would be, I only intended to go for a year and I thought when I first got there, it would be a very long year, but... <laughs> Um, it was just that the top job became free while I was there, and I thought, oh, maybe I'll do that for a couple of years if I can get it. But I stayed nine. Mm. <laughs> the spatial considerations in the Northern Territory were, were far greater than in Victoria. Were there other implications as well? Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, my greatest joy was being able to work out on the Aboriginal communities but it was a very sort of basic thing. I mean, for instance, when I went to Tennant Creek, um, which is not a remote community by any means, I had a student there who required glasses. And at the end of the day, I noticed when she was going home, she put her glasses in the teacher's drawer. So I said to the teacher, does she not wear them at home? And she said, oh, no, no, they might get lost. So when the child came in the next day, I said to her, so what do you do? Because they had homework there. What do you do when you do your homework? And she said, oh, I borrow my mum's glasses. <laughs> my mum was short-sighted. Right? <laughs> so there were all sorts of things which you would never get down here. Right? Mm. Gillian Gale, AM. We'll hear the rest of that conversation next week. 
This is New Horizons, the weekly radio program from Blind Citizens Australia. It's published on behalf of BCA each week and is provided online as a podcast, but it's also provided to the RPH services across Australia and to other community and commercial radio stations across Australia as well. If you like the program, give us some feedback, new.horizons at bca.org.au, and we're happy to hear from you even if you don't like the program. Blind Citizens Australia is always looking for donations from the community, and if you feel that you are in a position to donate to BCA, then get in touch with the office and they'll tell you how. There are several ways to do it. There's the regular program, BCA Backers, which is uh, where a small amount of money each month is taken from your credit card to support the workings of BCA. You can also give one-off donations, of course, and I'm sure there are other ways as well. You can donate online and you can donate by cheque as well. So by all means, get in touch with the office. They'll be sure to give you any information you could require on that. Similarly, if there's anything you need assistance with and you're blind or vision impaired or you're working with someone who's blind or vision impaired and would just like to know a little bit more about it, about what it is to be blind and what uh, services are available, then get in touch with BCA and they'll be sure to help. The phone number again, 1-800-033-660. And that all-important email address is bca at bca.org.au. I'm Vaughan Benison. Do look after yourself, and I'll talk to you again next week. We'll achieve the realization of our dreams. Of our dreams.